Hello, guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a wonderful word from the Lord, and he is speaking loud and clear regarding the wealth transfer, regarding the wealth transfer and the law of multiplication. God is amazing. So, um, of course, I was in prayer early in the wee hours of the morning, and I um, heard so loudly in my spirit, Luke 19. Luke 19. So as I begin to unpack what God was speaking to me regarding the wealth transfer and regarding the law of multiplication, it was very, I was, my mind was just blown. Okay. So let's just get into it. Let me share this, what God has given me. So I kind of thought it was like a spinoff from the other video that I did, Banking in the Glory. And I kind of feel like it's, it's still similar to that. And, and because I mentioned in that video about the law of multiplication and God, how God is going to use the law of multiplication um, with the wealth transfer, right? So if we go to the book of Luke, chapter 19, okay, it's, this is a really good story. It was so many things to unpack. And he began to speak to me in the book of Luke, verses 19. He spoke to me about two different scenarios. I first thought that these were going to be two different messages. But it's amazing how God is so methodical. He's so organized. He's so strategic. And how these two um, stories tie in together, right? I thought it was going to be like two different, you know, words that he would have me to give. So Luke 19 uh, verses one, it begin to talk about Zacchaeus, Jesus coming to Zacchaeus house. So let me just begin to unpack pack this the way God gave it to me regarding the wealth transfer. So as I read, I'm going to begin to have the Holy Spirit is going to give me, you know, the interpretation and I'm going to be looking at my notes. So Chapter one, I'm sorry, verse one says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who was, but could not because of the crowd for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully, received Jesus joyfully. But when, but when they saw it, the haters, they all complained saying he has gone to be with a guest with a man who is a sinner. So many things in that in that whole, you know, verses one through seven. So it says in verse eight, then Zacchaeus stood and said to, to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Let me keep going with it. Then I came to the parable of the minus. The parable of the minus talks about this. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought, now this is right after he left Zacchaeus, 
because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore, he said, this is Jesus talking, a certain nobleman, right? This is a parable, went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minus and said to them, do business till I come. But the citizens hated him. Here we go again with the haters. But the, his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money, listen to this guys, to be called to him, then he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Trading. <laughs> then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little, have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to them, you also will be over five cities. Then another came saying, Master, here's your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? Listen to this, guys. That at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to him who has 10 minus. But they said to him, master, he has 10 minus. For I say to you, to everyone who has will be given and to from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. There is so much meat in this Luke chapter 19 regarding the wealth transfer. And it specifically talks about trading, making a deposit, and God is expecting a, re a return. Let's get into it. So, I first of all wanted to know what an austere man was because this is why they were groaning and complaining and did not want this particular noble man to rule over them. And I'm going to go back to Zacchaeus in a minute. So austere simply means a severe or strict in manner, attitude or appearance. It also means uh, having an extremely plain or simple style or appearance unadorned. Then it also, I wanted to get a little bit more uh, information. It says here, somber, grave, and austere critic. And it says, if you describe someone as austere, you disapprove of them because they are strict and serious. I found her, you know, this is a way that they're using it in a sentence. I found her a rather austere, distant, somewhat cold person. And austere way of life is one that is simple and without luxuries. The life of the troops was still comparatively austere. That's another example that they are giving. But mainly it talks about 
living conditions or a way of life or having no comforts or luxuries, uh, someone who's strict in manner or attitude or, or appearance. So let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back because Zacchaeus is going to be our example. He's going to be our example. Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. There is a way that God is going to give us in this wealth transfer. And he is going to be expecting a return on his investment. Now, there's also a parable about the, the talents, the parable of the five talents, right? And it's similar to this, but this particular one, the, the parable of the talents is exactly what it's talking about, talents, right? Giftings, talents. This one is specifically talking about money. This one is specifically talking about a bank. This is specifically talking about trading. So what is God saying to us? God is saying that it is the Lord thy God, according to Deuteronomy, guys, come on, Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says, and you shall remember, now mind you, I've been seeing this number, 8 and 8, 8, 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. The power to get wealth is going to be in the investments, in the trading, in the things that God has placed in your hands. So when the wealth transfer happens, God is not only expecting us to have, you know, be blessed by the wealth transfer, but he is expecting multiplication. He is expecting a return on his investment. You might say, well, what kind of investment is God asking about or what kind of investment is he seeking? I'm glad you asked. Let's now go back to the top where we talked about Zacchaeus because he's going to be the example. So Zacchaeus was a rich guy, right? He was a chief tax collector and he was a rich man. The Bible made sure it made known his stature. It made known his uh, um, receiving Jesus joyfully, his his whole attitude, because you know your attitude is going to determine your altitude, right? It's going to determine how high God takes you. And how high God takes you is directly tied in to the multiplication that he gave um, he gave to the people, right? And told them to invest and trade and bring him back a return on his investment. The investment is going to look like this. It's going to look like Zacchaeus. It's going to look like, an, uh, first of all, an attitude of gratitude, right? No matter what your portion may be. So some people receive the big portion, some receive a medium portion, and some receive the small portion. And some received, but they kept it because they feared that he was a very strict guy. So there are going to be things that happen or uh, you're going to um, get into the wealth transfer. And when you get into it, God says, fear not for he is with you. Meaning, do not hide your treasure in fear that you may do something wrong with it. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into all truth. You cannot, because sometimes God can bless us with something, but because we, we, we walk in, walking in fear, not fear the Lord, because we want to fear him. We're going to fear him by obeying him, but fear in terms of you're scared, you're going to mess something up, or you're going to not do the right thing with it. And that's what this, that third person was, but let's go back to Zacchaeus. 
Zacchaeus was um, a rich guy. He was a chief tax collector who, in that time, uh, they didn't dwell with those people because of the way the chief tax collectors were. And they were also, you know, not really you know, noble people, you know, they were kind of swindlers. So Zacchaeus, when he came in direct contact with Jesus, he was curious at first, but then received Jesus joyfully. And Jesus told him, I'm coming to your house today. And the people begin to complain and murmur. So you're going to have those people that's going to complain and murmur because they don't think you deserve what God is going to give you. So be ready for the haters because there's haters in this scripture. But nevertheless, do not allow that to become a distraction. That's what God is saying. Do not allow the haters to become a distraction. So here we go. He was a chief tax collector and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. So he climbed up to, into a sycamore tree, right? Why did they even say sycamore tree? Because that tree... Um, is a symbolized, it symbolizes power and it symbolizes protection and it's, it's, it's symbolic. Everything that God's put in his stories and in the Bible, everything means something. Everything has a, a meaning for it, right? So he ran ahead and climbed up into the tree to see Jesus. And Jesus told him, make haste and come down. I'm coming to your house today. And he received him joyfully. But what I like about what Zacchaeus did did he said to the Lord, he said, he stood and said to the Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor, which lets me know that everything you get in the wealth transfer is not just for you. God's, God is expecting a return on his investment. So giving into the poor is a way that God will give you so that you are able to minister the gospel. And it's all about souls and bringing souls into the kingdom of God and helping the poor and helping the less fortunate or not even just helping the poor, just sowing into whoever God tells you to. Because sometimes you can sow into somebody that don't really even have a need, but it's all about the obedience. God is looking for obedience. But then it, at the same time, um, it also allows people to feel and see the love of God, which in, in turn will draw people to him because that's where the multiplication is going to come in through the, through the harvesting of souls, through the harvesting of just treating people right that have been done wrong, that have been looked over, that have been uh, outcasted, right? Showing people love and attention and the love of Christ. That's, the return on the investment because God said he desires mercy, not sacrifice. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. So God wants us to display a love and a mercy upon people. Even if we feel like people don't deserve, if we don't, our opinions don't matter. Our opinions don't matter. All that matters is, is we do the will of the father or do the will of Jesus. That's all that matters. So he want us to be like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus gave half, half of his goods to the poor. And if he has taken anything from anyone by false accusation, he restored fourfold. So God is even saying that at that time, if you have, if he prompts you to even give to someone, you know, you have even swindled in the past or whatever he prompts your heart to do, just do it. As Mary said, whatever he says to you, just do it.
because God is looking for a return on his investment and not only a return in souls, but just a return in sowing. He wants you to sow. He wants you to sow into the people. This is all about people. That's what ministry is all about. So the wealth transfer <clears throat> specifically talks about trading and it specifically talks about um, I, when I saw trading, I, I, I just started smiling because I knew God was talking about the wealth transfer, but he's looking for multiplication. And what does it mean? What does the law of multiplication means? We first see this in the book of Genesis 1 and 28, right? It says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So the first thing God asked us to do was multiply, Right. There's, and then also he asks us to take dominion in the earth. How many of you know one way to take dominion is by having wealth? You can't take dominion over a particular culture or, or projects or Hollywood or over, uh, you know, the food industry in terms of having clean food. And all of these things require money. Money is a tool that God would use, right, to establish his kingdom, to, to bless the people, right? This is the way kingdoms are set up because there's nothing broke about the kingdom of heaven. So God bestowing the wealth transfer on his people is a direct reflection of who he is. So God's kingdom on heaven should be a replica on earth. And that replica should look like heaven. Heaven is rich. Heaven, there's nothing lacking in heaven. Nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. So God's way of restoring his name, hallelujah, and restoring the things that the canker worm, the palmer worm, and the locust has eaten, the things that the enemy has stolen from generations. This is the way God is going to restore one of the ways that we're going to take dominion. It's not every way. The wealth transfer just doesn't consist of money. But God wants us to be rich. Let's go back to Zacchaeus again. God us want to be rich in mercy. You see how Zacchaeus, the minute he encountered God, the first thing he wanted to do was give everything half to that what he had to the poor. And what did God tell him? What did God say to him? God said to him, he said, to Zacchaeus. And Jesus said to him in verse nine, today salvation has come to his house. Why? Because he gave the poor, the poor something. Why did salvation come to Zacchaeus house? He told you why. He said, because he is also the son of Abraham. What does it mean to be the son of Abraham? And what was God talking about? He said, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God is looking to restore his family back to the kingdom of heaven. He's looking to restore the souls. He's looking to restore the money that was lost, the wealth and the riches that are in his house that has been stolen by the enemy. But he said, because he is also a son of Abraham, what does this mean? Abraham symbolizes the father of faith. So Zacchaeus was operating in faith, in faith, in faith in who God was. 
How many of you know that when you come in direct contact with Jesus, that something, something changes? Something changes. I say this all the time. When I got saved, something, something changed. Something changed, guys. Excuse me, guys. This thing. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. But the son of Abraham, right? He symbolizes the father of faith. That's what this is all about. He symbolizes the father of faith. So Zacchaeus was exercising faith. But how many of you know when you come in direct contact with Jesus, something happens? There's no way you can encounter God and not be changed. Not be changed. There's no way. So when we talk about, uh, I prayed, nothing happened, or we talk about, um, you know, I'm saved, but nothing in my life. Everything still looks like the world. Something is off. Something that did not connect. Because with the even with the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched him in his garment, she was made whole. Everybody who came and counted got delivered. The apostles changed. These were tax collectors. These were people that were unqualified, as the world would say. But how many of you know God calls the unqualified? He don't clean you up and then catch you, right? He catches you and then cleans you in, from inside, and then it results as an outside, outward, outward appearance. So God will deal with your heart first, and then once he deals with your heart and renew your mind, then your outward lifestyle begins to change. So there's an inward change first, and then an outward appearance comes along afterwards. For men look at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And even though he was a chief tax collector, Anybody that he had done wrong, right? He wanted to make right. Why? Because he had an encounter with Jesus. And what you know what I really believe, even in this, what God is even speaking to me right now? I believe that because Jesus was willing to come into Zacchaeus' house, which many people did not deal with the tax collectors because of the way they were. And because God extended that mercy, that was an act of mercy that God extended to him. I believe that Zacchaeus had an encounter, a direct head-on encounter with Jesus. And things in his mind and his heart instantly began to change. I don't know about you, but I've had some instantaneous changes. When you come in direct contact with the real, true, living God, things in your life begin to change and deliverance begins to take place where your heart was wicked and your heart was greedy and your heart, you know, as Zacchaeus, instant greedy and wicked and, and you know, a swindler or shysty and all that kind of stuff that goes along with the world and trying to get over on people and trying to, you know, um, get more or, uh, you know, cheat people out of things, you know, that all goes away when you encounter a real God. Now, if somebody says they have not changed or things are still the same and they just can't seem to get free, I would say revisit Jesus again, get born again, because there's no way everybody who Jesus encountered changed outside of the the heart, people with the hardened heart, which was, which was the Sadducees and Pharisees, the religious spirits. So you do have a choice in the matter. You can either dig your heels in and be oh, totally, you know, disobedient, 
or you can flow and move with the Holy Spirit and allow God to renew your mind. So God is looking for multiplication in the wealth transfer. He's looking that when he gives you something, he's expecting it back with interest. And those th people that may be in fear of fear of loss or, you know, how some people are, you know, keep all their money under the mattress or they keep everything. They, they, they're scared to do anything with it because they're just scared something's going to happen. God says, he is, he, he expect a return. So fear is not going to be an excuse. It's not going to be an excuse. Um, just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind, a sound mind. So fear is not of God in that aspect. That's a spirit and God did not give it to us. So begin to cast that out and just ask God to lead you and guide you in all truth and to order his steps in your word and begin to just flow and move in the Holy Spirit. And then you'll know it's God because you will begin to see a return on your investment, whether you invest in people's lives and you're changing their lives, you're changing their lifestyle. They're not living on the street anymore. They now have a home or you're changing their lifestyle in terms of uh, maybe you are the key to an answer prayer. Maybe someone has been praying and God is going to use you to answer that prayer. So God desires mercy, not sacrifice, mercy, mercy. So it's not up to us to decide the who, the what, and the when. And I'm just going to say this as well. So God is God will show you where to sow, what to build, and who to bless. I'm going to say this again. He, he told me this. God will show you where to sow, what to build, and who to bless. Now, if you look at Galatians, Galatians 3 and 7, it says, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And that's what God was directly correlating Zacchaeus with. Those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. That's what God was saying, Galatians 3 and 7. And then if you look at Ecclesiastes, because the law of multiplication is going to come through the world system, right? Ecclesiastes 2 and 26, it says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. So God will take whatever the sinner has uh, gathered and collected and give to him who was good before God. So this is the transfer. And it also talks about this in Proverbs 13 um, 22, which we know this scripture very well. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So these are scriptures that God has given me to show me how he's going to move in the the law of multiplication in his people. But again, we go back to the story in Luke 19. I would implore you to read that because it's really good. And it's talking about banking, money, interest, and trading. That's what that's, that chapter 19 is talking about. God giving you something, putting it in your hand. And then let me just say this. He also highlighted to me that when he give you, as we look at the parable of the minus, where he gave one ten and one five, and then he then multiplied. So when the wealth transfer happens, that is not the end all be all. So God is not only going to put it in your hands, but then based on how you steward it, he's going to multiply it. And based on how you steward it, he's going to take it from you.
So don't think you got away and just because he put it in your hand that it cannot be taken back. Because if you look at the scripture and you go down to verse 24, he said to them, I'm sorry, verse 20, he, he said, um, then another came, uh, another came saying, Master, here's your mind which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, right? He said, you wicked servant. You knew I was an austere man collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? And at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. So then he began to tell them, um, he said to them, he said, those who have 10, give them 10 more. Those who have five, give them five more. And the one that did not do anything, he took it from the man who didn't do anything with it and gave it to the one who did do something with it. So God is even saying that just because he put it in your hand does not mean that you're going to keep it if you don't store it correctly. That's huge. Because, you know, a lot of people would say, and what I like about Zacchaeus, he was a rich guy, right? He was a tax collector and, and God said, today salvation has come to his house because he gave to the poor. How many of you know there are some people that are not even saved that will give more than people that are saved, that will sow into people, that would adopt kids that are, that are not theirs, even though they are not even following Christ. They will give. And, 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 and why do you think God constantly put things in people's hand? Because it's allowed, even though they don't serve him, that he knows he can trust that they're going to do the right thing with it in terms of who he want that money to get to or who the child he wants them to adopt. You have people that don't even follow God that do honorable things, that do things that the Christians will not even do. So sometimes God will anoint, hallelujah, presidents and people that are sinners and not saved because he know that the people that he's been, that are saved and, and claim to be Christ-like will not do what he is calling them to do, either with a particular deal or land or another country or Israel pertaining to Israel. This is why Donald Trump was in office. He needed to complete that assignment with Israel. And I'm, and God will anoint whomever he pleases. And so don't think because it has been given that it cannot be taken because he clearly took it back from the person who never did anything with it and gave it to the person who already had 10. And the people were saying, well, wait a minute, he already had 10. Like, you giving this to him? Yes, God said, give it to him. And then God then dealt with the people who didn't want him ruling over them. So if you go down to the last part of the, the parable, it says here, and he said to those who, who stood by, take the minor from him and give to him who has 10. But they said to him, master, he has 10 minus. For I say to you that, that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Verse 27, he ain't done. He said, but bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. This is the same baby Jesus, a sweet baby Jesus that people talk about. God is also a God of love and mercy, but he's also God. You've seen this mercy operating, but you also seen swift judgment. God is a God of love, but he's also a God of swift judgment. 
This is, guys, in the book of Luke. This is New Testament. So you might say, oh, this is not the Old Testament, back in the Old Testament. But he's telling you who he is in this parable. He's telling you who do not want me to reign over them. So everyone who God gives it to that do not allow God to be Lord over and over everything that he gave them, he's going to slay them. That's the word. So God is looking for multiplication. He's looking for increase. He's looking to prosper us. Um, you know, when you sow, God said sow, and you will reap what you sow. You know, given and shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Will men give into your bosom? Didn't a man give into his bosom? All of this is the word in, in, in parable form, uh, in operation. This is the word of God in operation. And this is how God operates. If you want to know God's ways, Read them parables. If you want to know how he get down and how he operate, read the parables, read the Bible. See, we like that. We tend to want, want to overlook the other parts. We just want to see, bless me, bless me, bless me. We want to see, oh, he's uh, so uh, full of love and mercy. And he is, but there's a balance in him. I keep telling people, you have to bring balance to the word. You have to bring a balance to the word of God because, you know, too much spirit, you know, it make you a witch and too much truth will make you religious. So there has to be a balance to the word of God. We have to have spirit and truth married together. And I've said this before. So that is the word of the Lord, guys. That is the multiplication for the wealth transfer. Um, uh, just making sure, you know, and ultimately, you know, he spoke about God came to seek and to save that which was lost. So Zacchaeus was lost and they talked about him coming to his house. But then those are the very people who God is targeting. He's targeting the lost, right? He, he wants people to know that they are loved. For God so loved the world. He so loved the world. And, you know, it's so funny because I was looking at um, the, the, the definition between, let me pull that up, the definition between the world because I, I, I kept hearing the scripture, for God so loved the world. Um, what's the definition? You know, of the world and the earth. Satan is the God of the world. And he says, heaven and earth, um, everything belongs to him in the earth, right? So the earth consists of the planets, right? And the world consists of, believe it or not, it's just consists of a, a certain part in the earth. And I thought that was very profound because you know, the Bible says the earth is the Lord and uh, the earth is the, the, the earth, the fullness of the earth is the Lord, right? And everything that dwell therein is God's, the earth. And then it talks about Satan being the God of this world. Well, the world is only defined as a portion of the earth, but the earth is, is uh, defined as the planet. So I just thought that was interesting. I thought that was very interesting. So I'll just leave it right there. And so God, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Please click that like button so that we can get this in the algorithms. And so that, you know, YouTube, I think, I believe if you get 26 likes, it'll actually, you know, 
get into the algorithm and they'll put you in front of like 10,000 more people. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And until the next time, guys, I will see you in the next video. Be blessed.